0: This morning's reading is from John, chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. John 15, verses 1 to 8. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already pruned and purified. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the, my Father.
1: Well, it's great to uh, be with you and... Um I hope that uh, some of you have had a little bit of a break after Easter, if you've managed to do that, that's a good thing. Uh, We went as a family down to Cornwall for a few days, just to have a few days away, which was a a great thing to do, having seen our son Callum off to Burundi on Tuesday evening. He's gone for four months out there and uh, gone to work with a guy called Simon Gilbo, and uh, we're... Uh, really hoping that they have a terrific time, and he comes back alive. That's our main hope, really. Um, our lives, our lives are dominated by tests, aren't they? You know, when you're small, GCSEs there always an anxiety moment. Uh, anxious about what grades will get, what might happen. Then some people go on to A levels, and you get ASs now. You don't even get a break, do you? You get ASs, and then you get your A levels, and then then you've got the next test. You get to get interviewed for your first job. That's a test, isn't it? You get your interview for your first job, and and then when you're doing your first job, you're thinking. I haven't got the foggiest idea what I'm doing. I hope I pass this and so no one will really notice for a while till I learn what I'm doing and and the tests go on, don't they? And you you think there's gonna be a point in our lives when the tests finish and all of a sudden a doctor says, we just need to do a cholesterol test on you and then we need to do a blood pressure test on you and then we need to do another test on you and the tests keep going. We have our driver's tests and uh, all sorts of tests. I'm aware we never really do a spiritual test. We never really do a spiritual test. Now, I've got you all to get a pen so everybody's got something ready for this this morning. How are we doing spiritually? What's our health like? What are, we, are we developing the character of Christ within us that we should be uh, developing? In his letter to the Galatian church, Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit. He says the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that we should be cultivating in our lives. And I thought we'd just do a little review this morning on how we are doing now some of you will be writing this on a phone some of you might want to just write it on your notice sheet if you just do numbers one to nine down one side okay just numbers one to nine this is going to take about three minutes but um, uh, I think this helps us understand our passage this morning and I'll just give you a couple of things to prompt you in your uh, thinking now, here's the scale of answering. It's very easy, all right? E means I am excellent at this. E means I'm excellent, all right? G means I'm really good at this. This is, uh, this is a good thing in my life at the moment. N means needs improvement. Okay, so E, G n all right here we go see how we're doing this is having a look at our souls number one love all right how tender is your heart towards God and other people a little thought do you find yourself habitually engaging in acts of servanthood do you ever have a critical judgmental spirit of others rate yourself on love E, G, or N, how are you doing on the fruit of the spirit of love? Are you excellent at that? Are you good at that? Do you need improvement in that? Okay, number two, joy. It's the next fruit. Just to help you in your thinking, what's your current irritability factor? If you're not sure, the person next to you might be willing to give you a little bit of help. Are you more inclined to speak words of complaint or gratitude in your life? How often did you laugh this week? How much fun did you have? Are you able to choose joy in times of frustration or difficulty? So how are you doing? E, I'm excellent at joy. G, good. N, could do with some improvement. Number three, peace. To what degree is your heart and mind at rest with God? How consistently are you troubled or anxious? How would you describe your being, contented in life or discontented? How do you come out on peace? Excellent, good, or needing improvement? Number four, patience. How do you respond when you don't get your way? Are you frustrated? in that, are you able to wait gracefully? Would people describe you as a peaceful, patient waiter? How do you handle it when people aren't moving as quickly as you would like? How are you doing with patience? If you've already moved to number five without marking this one yet, you need more patience. That means write an N for that one. Number five, kindness. How inclined are you to lend someone a helping hand even if you're really busy and you won't get any credit. How are you doing at encouraging and affirming other people? Do you ever find yourself wanting to give just the least amount, no, no, sorry. Uh, Do you consistently take the time to actually notice people and listen to them? Kindness, how are you doing? Number six, generosity. What portion of your time and material resources are you actually giving? Not just thinking about giving, but giving to God, to the poor, to other people. Do you ever find yourself wanting to give just the least amount acceptable? Is your heart to give growing or shrinking? Rate yourself on generosity. I'm excellent at generosity, I'm good at generosity, or I need improvement. Number seven, faithfulness. Would people around you say that you're dependable? When you say you're going to do something, does it mean that it gets done? Are you faithful in it? Do you ever use words to deceive or, or put a spin on things? Do you ever wrestle with procrastination? If you haven't got to number three yet, you need to put an N for this one because we're at number seven, all right? So if you struggle with procrastination, you're a little behind us. Number eight, gentleness. How successfully do you speak the truth with grace? Are you gentle in your life? Do you ever get angry and inflict pain on someone just because it feels good in the moment? Over the last week, how often have you come alongside somebody who was hurting to give them comfort, gentleness? And number nine, the last one, self-control. Have you any bad habits? Do you ever give in to impulse? How is your mouth doing these days? Rate yourself on self-control. Okay, I'm going I'm to ask you one more question. You don't have to write anything down for this. As we did that, did anybody here feel at all a little inadequate? Okay. If we're honest with ourselves, that's often where we feel, isn't it? This is how I'm doing spiritually. I often don't feel as though I'm getting there, and yet we want to get there, don't we? Um, It's a funny thing, but when we come to the fruit of the Spirit, we're looking, I think, at spiritual maturity. What does it mean to be a mature Christian? What What does it look like when you find a mature Christian? people get all sorts of funny ideas about what spiritual maturity really looks like. But spiritual maturity or spiritual formation is defined at its core not by being busy with a lot of Christian activities or knowing a lot about the Bible or piling up Christian accomplishments. The Pharisees Pharisees did all, all of those things and yet Jesus said they were some of the least fruitful of anybody. To grow authentic biblical love and joy and peace and patience in our lives, that's the target. That's the kind of people we want to be. That's when people will see Christ in us. When we work towards Christ, when our lives reflect him in those areas. And as our little test showed, and I did it myself as well because I wrote it, I did it myself as well. I had lots of ends in there. Needs improvement. Needs improvement. Needs improvement. In fact, they were nearly all ends, actually. Needs improvement. But we really do want to get there. And of course, that is spiritual maturity. I uh, was uh, thinking about this this week and... um, I realized on a couple of mornings that I failed before I even got out of bed. I was thinking, that's terrible. I haven't even got up and had breakfast yet and I'm already failing my own uh, sort of set of uh, agendas here. But we do hope to get there. And if we hope to get there, if we hope to grow in patience and love and kindness, then there is a key. And it comes out in this morning's reading. And I want to read it to you again, um, just for you to pick up this. If we want to allow the fruit of the Spirit to grow in our lives, so if we want to become people full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, if we want to grow these things in our lives, This passage we got this morning, this is the key. Let me read it to you. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me. He prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will bear more fruit. You are clean already because the word that I've spoken to you remain in me and I will remain in you just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a branch and dries up and such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and burned up. But if you remain in me and my words remain in me, in you ask whatever you want and it will be done for you my father is honored by this that you bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples just as the father has loved me I also loved you remain in my love okay you've probably picked up the word that I want to speak on this morning how do we bear fruit How do we become fruitful followers of Christ? How do we become spiritually mature? This is what Jesus says. To become people who are fruitful, become people who the fruit of the Spirit grows in our lives, we're to be people who remain in Christ. That's the key to be people who are, who are bound to him, are linked into him, who allow the lifeblood of God to th- flow into us, that, that in us people would see something of Christ as we remain in him. From one moment to the next, we're to keep receiving this unceasing flow of life and nourishment and love from God and we will do that if we remain in him. Transformation never really happens on its own. We can't do it on our own. That's why Paul uses the language he does. Some of you know that in Galatians, Paul sets up a contrast. He says, he says this, I don't want you to be characterized or marked by what he calls the works of the flesh. And then he lists some works of the flesh. He says, and, and he says I, don't, I don't want you to be characterized by immorality or envy or jealousy. And he does a whole list of things. He says, don't be characterized by this. But be characterized by, and then we would expect him to say, the works of the spirit. This is what you are to do. But he doesn't. He says, be characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. There's, there's, there's one more thing that, that I just love to say this. Uh, often in churches, people talk about the fruits of the Spirit. There are nine uh, of them. But if you look at Galatians 5, Paul doesn't talk about the plurality of the fruits. He talks about the fruit. In other words... As we remain in Christ, this will grow in our lives. This is the natural outworking of us being in Christ. This is what happens when we're in Christ. It's one fruit, it's one life that reflects one life. We reflect the life of Christ. Spiritual maturity is someone who reflects the life of Christ in that way. We have one job in our lives and that job is to be with Jesus all the time, to stay in the vine, to allow the vine to feed us, to allow God to feed us. Now I want to tell you how much Jesus wants to be with you and I think if you get this, this is quite staggering. The point of this is, it's not all about us trying to get with God. It's not all about effort. I think that in this reading is one of the most remarkable statements in scripture. This is what Jesus says. He says, as my father has loved me. Now, how much do you think the father loves Jesus? As my father has loved me, he says, so I love you. Remain in my love. It's... If you ever think about how much Jesus loves you, no matter what you've done, no matter how badly you've blown it, no matter how much you've sinned, no matter how inadequate you feel, the way the Father loves the Son, that's how much Jesus loves you. The way the Heavenly Father loves his Son, Jesus loves you with the same passionate love. I remember the overwhelming feeling when our first child, Jess, was born. And I remember saying to Lynn's gosh, I never knew I could love so deeply. It sort of catches you out. You think, my goodness me, where did that come from? And all of you parents will know that feeling. And you find yourself talking about this new baby all the time. And um, uh, uh, I think, in fact, I think that Lindsay found it too much and she had to remind me after a while that other people had had children before (laughs) and that other children had smiled and that other children had crawled. Other children had sat up and eaten their first meal and she wasn't unique in that way. But you know that feeling. It's like you just can't believe it this little person's come from us and we love this little person so much and now I smile when some of you some of you become parents for the first time because you're just like I was and you're overwhelmed by it and it's the most beautiful thing that's what Jesus feels about you it's almost as though he can't stop talking about you It's almost as though the angels get bored with Jesus saying, you won't believe what Jane did today. Let me tell you about John. Let me tell you what Mary is up to. Constantly on his lips, constantly part of the narrative will be the story of God's, Jesus' story, telling his heavenly father, this is what your children are doing. This is how much he loves you. He can't get enough of you. As the Father loves me, Jesus said, so I love you. The tiniest detail about your life never grows old to God. That's why your prayers are so precious to him. God himself is filled with delight and wonder at your faltering steps and your stammering words. God himself is full with delight and wonder as you stumble along in life, finding what it means to live a life in the light of the Son of God. It's almost as though God talks about us to the angels until they get a little tired of hearing about us. The reason is the story of the Bible is the story of the father wanting to be with his children. You see, it's not all about us trying to be with God. God wants to be with us. He loves you that much. He wants to be with you. He says my my burden is light, he says. He says I just want to be with you. He says if you just remain in me, then things change. You know, the most frequent promise in the Bible, I don't know if you know what it is, but it's not the forgiveness of sins, although that is incredibly precious. It's not the promise of eternal life, although we, we, we hold on to that. The most free, frequently issued promise in the Bible is this. I'll be with you. That's what God says. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Throughout the scripture, it's the story of scriptures. God's saying, I'll be with you. I'll be This incredible story of God's love for you and for me. I'll be with you, he says. Just, just let me be with you. I want to be with you. Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. It's one of the most amazing phrases in the Bible. It appears over and over. And God was with Adam and Eve. God was with Abraham. God was with Noah. God was with Enoch. God was with Moses. God was with David. God was with Paul. God was with Mary. God is with you. God wants to walk with us. He wants us just to remain in him. He desires time and attention with you. When he came to earth, they gave him the name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God is with us. God with you each and every day. The primary story of the Bible is not the story of people's desire to be with God. The primary story of the Bible is is God's desire to be with people. It's God's desire to be with you. It's God pursuing you. God saying, I'm hungry for time with you. I'm hungry to meet with you. And Jesus says, now that you have the Holy Spirit, everything is possible, remain with me. Talk to me all the time, I don't care when he says, but talk, listen to me. Because the Spirit will really be at work prompting you when the man comes round to measure up the windows or when someone is invited along to the Alpha Course. God says, I'm there with you. The Spirit is prompting you all the time. Be ruthless about saying yes to God's prompting. Be ruthless Whether you're happy or you're sad, whether you're discouraged, whether you're depressed, whether you're tempted, every moment Jesus says, stick with me. And if you stick with me, the fruit will come. The fruit will happen. In this passage, it talks about the fruit, and they're at the first three elements of the fruit of the spirit. These love, joy, peace, they're the first three that are there in the list in Galatians. And, and in our reading today, it says, now listen to this, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. There's the first fruit. I love you. As, as we remain in him, he says, we'll know his love. As we know his love, we'll grow in that love. As we grow in that love and we know that love, we'll be more loving. Per, someone who is loved is a more loving person. Someone who is spoken to harshly will project that onto other people. But someone who knows love and knows God loves them constantly, every day, all the time will be a more loving person. Just two verses later. I've told you these things that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. It says Jesus joy. If you remain in me, I've told you these things, then my joy is gonna be in you. You're going to grow in joy as, as we know joy will grow in joy. It's infectious, isn't it? It's infectious. We went, we went for a cup of tea this week in um, a little tea shop. And uh, uh, we went to this little tea shop and we turned up at 4.30 and the lady really didn't want to serve us because it was 4.30 and she closed at 5. She was terribly, terribly cross with us. And uh, I think it took us three attempts to actually get served in this tea shop. And I went in and then came out, and then Lindsay went in and came out. I don't know how it worked, but anyway, in the end we got a cup of tea. And uh, we we got this cup of tea and we came out and we sat outside with this cup of tea, and it had been quite an ordeal getting this cup of tea. Really had been quite an ordeal. You'd have thought five people turning up for a cup of tea at 4.30 in the afternoon, we haven't got any other customers. Good news if you're running a business, eh? Not for this lady. She said, you'll need to drink it and finish by five o'clock because I need to wash the cups up. That's how she spent it. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. Just give us a cup of tea. So we did that. So we sat and we sat down outside with this cup of tea. And then, unbelievably, at five to five, another couple came out with two cups of tea. And we're like, they got two cups of tea, and it's five to five. <laughs> And we overheard them speaking, and he said they—they were the, the wife. She said uh, she said, "Well, I did want a butter has scone, but I thought it might be too complicated." <laughs> so we shared the joke with them. We said, oh, did you get the same third degree?" Yeah, we did, and a bit of a laugh. Anyway, five o'clock. We thought we'd better better pack up. So we just pack up. So we put all our cups and all our plates on a tray. You see. Do you remember, it was one of those tables that flips and they hadn't locked it. Oh, no. So we put them all on the tray and the whole lot went, all over the floor. So we picked up these cups. We were in stitches. <laughs> I think, what are we going to be told when we go back into that coffee shop? And fortunately none of them broke. It was a bit of a relief, so we took them back in. But we laughed and laughed. Joy is, joy is infectious, isn't it? It's just infectious jesus says remain in me remain in me and you'll know joy do you know we need more joy in our lives all of us do it's great isn't isn't it great when you've had a really good laugh with some friends isn't it great when you you know you've really spent that time that's what jesus promises he says remain in me it's not like the fruit of the spirit is joy i must be more joyful that's not going to happen I'm going to remain in Christ. And if I remain in Christ, this will grow in me. My life will be more joyful. I will walk with a lighter step. I will know something of the Spirit of God upon me. And in the same talk just before our reading, but Jesus says this, chapter 14, 27, he says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Jesus' peace. It's his love, joy, and peace. Too many people don't have peace in their lives. When you wrote down peace, did you write N, needs improvement? You wake up too early? On joy, did you write N, would like more laughter and joy in my life? When you write L, did you write, probably could do with more love in my life, just that I'd be more loving and, n maybe you are good but you'd like to be excellent Jesus says remain in me remain in me and the fruit will come that's the great promise two pictures just to help uh, us this we get the first one up uh, Robin if that's okay sorry I caught you out there here we go have you seen this one Some of you haven't seen it yet. Okay. I just thought I just thought that was worth sharing. He's behind the curtain, Tom. <laughs> okay. That's nothing to do with this morning. It's just something we've got on our kitchen door that makes me smile. Okay, we'll go to the next one. Here you go. You know this picture is on the Sistine uh, Chapel. in in the Sistine Chapel look at the heavenly father stretching out with his arm taut wanting to touch Adam look at him stretching out to man every part of him reaching out being balanced by the others stretching towards him I want to look at Adam (laughs) if he can find me not, not not stretching it. That's a picture of God pursuing us. In the church that I first became a Christian in, they had this picture in a uh, it was a modern version of it, but just a big picture on one wall, and I used to look at it during the sermons. I didn't used to listen to the sermons. I used to look at that picture and think, that is a weird picture. Until I suddenly realized, golly. God is stretching out with every muscle he can to reach us. And we're going, yeah? Come on then. Are you really there? Can I really trust you? Can I really be bothered? God is reaching out. That's the story of the Bible, friends. Lindsay and I had the privilege in our 25th wedding anniversary to go to Rome and to look at that. Just an extraordinary thing. God reaches out for you all the time he stretches his hand out he says i love you i love you i love you just remain in my love and your life will be richer and deeper and more uh uh, purposeful because of it second picture i don't know if you know this one um if we can move to the next one do you know this story yeah, this is, this, is, this is, if you don't know this book, it's a very good book. It's called Where's Wally? Anybody seen this book? 40 million copies of this book has been sold. 40 million. Well, obviously, there are several Where's Wally books by now. Because in the end, you do find him. Because he's on every page. We've got several of them in our house. And uh, somewhere, in that, somewhere in that picture, there's a little wally and you have to find him and when you're taking your little children on a car journey for a long time you buy one of those books because it consumes them for ages and if you're really cruel you colour color Wally in because it really does <laughs> makes the journey last even longer but someti- sometimes it's like we're trying to find God and it's difficult to find hey, amongst all the stuff of life All that's going on, sometimes he's just difficult to find. But even then, he's there. Even then, he pursues you. Even then, he's after you. God's always there. He's with us in the good times and the bad, in the hard times and in the joyful times. He just asks us to respond to him, knowing he's reaching out to us, that's all we have to do. So when you wake up in the morning, we have, there are two kinds of people. There are those who love to wake up early in the morning and there are those who hate people who love to wake up early in the morning. <laughs> but the truth is we're all going to wake up and we have a choice and you can wake up and choose today to follow Jesus. Jesus and remain in him or we can choose to do our own thing why not every day say jesus i'm going to remain in you i'm going to choose today to wake up with you i'm going to just get alone for a bit i'm going to take a few moments to remind myself of how good you are i'm going to open up my bible i'm going to be guided by your word I'm aware of my own inadequacy, so I know I need you. Let's do this day together. I'm going to remain in the vine today, just on a daily basis. Jesus, today, I'm going to remain with you. And when you get in the car and you drive, what would it be like if you got in the car and you thought, okay, Jesus is in the passenger seat? Would that change the driving would that change the hand signals you might give would that would that change anything about it as you go into the office what would it be like if you had an imaginary chair next to you i know don't tell everybody you've got an imaginary chair or they'll really think you've lost it but jesus is sitting here with me today and, and whatever goes on he's going to be there i'm going to remain with you today jesus I'm going to let you walk through the day with me. Let's do this day together. And when you come home, when you come home from work and you, you come into the house at the end of the day, wouldn't it be great if you thought, okay, I'm going to walk in the house at the end of the day and I'm going to re-enter with Jesus so that when I re-enter, I'm aware of the needs of those in my home. I'm aware of the needs of, of those around me. I, I'm, I'm going to re-enter and do things well For my family and my home and I'm not going to give them the dregs of the day but I'm going to seek to give them the best of the day. I'm going to seek to love those who love me and encourage those who live with me. And when you go to bed at the end of the day how about taking a moment to look back on your day and go well Lord I tried to do today with you today let me just remember where you were because I remember you were in that place and you're in that conversation and you're in that coffee with a colleague and you're in that point with my partner and you're in that point with my children and, and, and you'll look back and I think you'll see God at work. And, and we're called friends just to remain in him. I want to encourage you, friends, as we did our little test at the beginning, <laughs> If you are anything like me, there are a few ends there. The answer to that is to remain in Jesus and allow him to change and shape our hearts.